Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Footnotes and Fairy Tales with me, Damien Fox, the platform that hopes to showcase the people of Newry and their stories. My guest today is a wonderfully talented actress, someone that has been involved in the arts and music scene in Newry for a lifetime. She is immensely dedicated, she is wonderfully talented, and someone that I have huge admiration for. So I'm delighted to introduce you today, Ethna Bell. Hey, Ethna, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me. Hello, Damien, thanks very much for asking. Um, I guess why I wanted to talk to you is because you've been involved in the local sort of drama theatre scene and musical society for, for many, many years. Yeah. Um, and I suppose Newry has a rich history as it comes to that. Yeah. You know, we've developed a lot of local talent um, that have gone on to do wonderful things. Um, so I've always had a keen interest in it. Um, so obviously... I want to start from the beginning and understand where you first got involved, even at a very young age. Like, what, what's your earliest memory of a performance that perhaps you've seen? And what lasting impression, if any, did it make on you? Um, that I've seen or I've been in? Well, maybe that you've seen first and foremost. And then all, maybe. Well, but have always been, whenever we were younger, and um, being able to watch the musicals and TV and going to the musical society to see their shows. Um, and it would have always, even in our time, like really, you didn't have a TV in the house. Maybe till you yeah. were about, you were possibly 10 or 11. And yeah. so every evening, especially in the winter time, the fire would have been carried in from the living room on a shovel into the sitting room. And the fire like literally carried in on the shovel and put into the hearth and then the radiogram would have gone off and okay. the, it was just records all um gilbert and sullivan music and so then initially with the musical society that would have been their forte it would have been gilbert and sullivan musicals all the time and was always a highlight of ours every year to get to the musical society to see the shows margaret nolan charlie smith and um, billy Cowan, all those names from years ago yeah. Yeah. Great. And from a very young age, it was something that you, you enjoyed. Oh, totally. The whole family were always instilled in music and drama. And um, it, it was just what we were brought up. And where does that come from? Does that come from one of your parents or, or was it both maybe that had that influence? Well, I suppose both of them. Like, um, Daddy was a great whistler. <laughs> and he would have been a great entertainer. He would have... Um, tied a tie in the dicky bow and done impersonations and mommy and daddy they were involved in choirs whenever they were younger and that and so yeah it was just instilled on us yeah and when when did you first uh, become involved or perform as part of the musical well, society whenever, or... oh whenever i was younger i had difficulty speaking and so i was sent to margaret rush for speech and drama and okay. then i just took to it like a duck to water and getting into the fish and doing different dramas. And I remember doing a, a character study about bedtime. And just I just absolutely loved it. It was about a child. And I was maybe only about seven or eight at the time. A child being annoyed because they had to tidy up their toys going to bed. But in my whole head, and that wee bit of the stage, I knew where the toy box was and was all imagination and all play. But I just, that's one of my favourite memories of being really young and being on the stage, yeah. 
And were you naturally confident or given that, that you had difficulty speaking, was there some insecurity about performing in front of people? No, I think, and even to this day, to see whenever I go on the stage, I'm somebody totally different. I'm not myself. It's just, I can just seem to take on the character or I block myself out and I pretend to be somebody else. So maybe pretense is what I like it. I just feel as though once you're on the stage, you're not yourself. You're yeah. Maybe and was that what was I that, know. Yeah. Was that something that in the very beginning you forced yourself to do or just you were comfortable no, I enough? Just, I think it just came naturally. You know, it just came. Whenever I was younger, I was the second in the house. So maybe mm -hmm. what happened was I didn't have to do an awful lot of speaking because my older sister, Noelle, would have spoken on my behalf. If I went to say something, Noelle automatically knew what I was going to say. And mm -hmm. maybe that made me lazy in speaking. Okay. Or else my, my mind was going overtime and I wasn't, it was too... I was too keen to get the words out that they were getting all jumbled up. I'm not mm -hmm. sure which description it would be, but um. And what's what's your earliest memory of the first time that you were involved in a show? In a show, yeah. it would have been the first show I would have been involved in would, would have been in the Sacred Heart, Made of the Mountains. Kathleen mm -hmm. Bale, my unbeknown at the time future mother-in-law, was the producer, and Mr. Terryman's was the MD and it mm -hmm. was made of the mountains and I oh no sorry it wasn't made of the mountains that was the second one the first one was her ladyship and okay. um it was just Ballet and Bobby no myself and Mary McKeown God rest her and Mary would have been a seventh year and I was only first or second year and Mary was a big tall girl and Shrey was only knee high to a grasshopper so comically like looking at us people would laugh just at the they were just the, the partnership in the show was mm -hmm. her ladyship. Loved it. And then two years later, we did Made of the Mountains. But I always remember Charlie Smith on a Sunday and we would have performed in the parochial hall. And the Sunday was always the invited audience. Remember okay. Charlie Smith was invited. And he came to me in the minor hall afterward and said, what age are you? And I said, whatever it was, 11 or 12. He said, whenever you're 16, you join the Musical Society. And then I was absolutely thrilled to think I was going to have the opportunity. So maybe whenever I was about 14, would have gone down to the Musical Society and sold programmes. And at that stage, you had to put on an evening dress and yeah. just sell programmes at the door, lilac time and whatever. Just And at that stage, you felt as though you were a little bit involved. Was it about that age that you were, you know, I've heard people talk about being bit by the bug and it was something that, mm -hmm. oh. that they love to be involved in, they, that yeah. they look forward to. And for you, it was it was clear at that point that this is something that you thoroughly enjoyed and you would want to do oh, it going forward. Loved it. It was just at that time, the focus was to get into the musical society whenever you were 16. And the first show I was involved in on the stage was Oklahoma. And Grandma Bell, Kathleen Bell produced that too. And it was just, it was just magical. And the, the likes of June Gray and sort of Margaret Nolan and Sheila Nolan and um, all those older ones, um, what do you call 
um, your woman Irish can lovely woman, but they all looked after us, you mm -hmm. know, the younger ones, and they made sure that we had we knew sort of how to behave ourselves on the stage in something like that. And it was great fun. Great fun. Loved it. It was obviously a big part of your life growing up and, mm -hmm. and your develop your development. I'm sure it helped shape in many respects, the, the person that you are. How important is it, do you think, and should it be to to introduce your children in some capacity to, to that world? I think it's marvellous because all our children were involved. And mm -hmm. what the thing is, once you go into something like the Musical Society or New Point or Pantomime and that, you meet people from different walks of life. You meet people from all generations. You have, everybody has different talents and different things to give to a society like that. Um, you widen your whole friend circle. Um, like growing up, no matter what, um, what part of the town you came from, or no matter what job different people did, once you go in to the environment and you're learning to go on the stage and you go in and you get a piece of music, you know nothing about it, and you come out and you've achieved something, There's, you're set in the scene, and you're learning all the time, and mm -hmm. you're making friends for life. Oh, it's a yeah. fabulous, fabulous pastime, yeah. Uh, I, I remember, when I started high school, it was in St. Joseph's on the Armagh Road, and we were first year, and me and a friend, they were doing a production of Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yeah. I made a friend, you know, very, very new to school and secondary school, and we thought, let's, let's be a part of this. We were obviously just ex extras and didn't feature other than perhaps it, as part of the, the choir or chorus or whatever it might have been. Um but we thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, we only spent maybe five minutes on stage over the course of the, the, the entire show. The rest yeah. of the time we were, we were back in a classroom somewhere, but just the, the friendship and laugh that we had always stuck with me. Yeah, that would have been Mary McManus and Donal O'Hanlon. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, people say that, and you're saying um, only on stage for five minutes, I'm stuck in the chorus. The chorus are the backbone of any production because, mm -hmm. No one person on the stage can put on a show. No yeah. one person, you can be out front there and you can help relay the story as having a principal part. But you wouldn't be there if you didn't have the chorus behind you, if you didn't have the set, if you didn't have the musicians, the makeup, the props, the lighting. Like it's not, it's a team effort. Yeah. And there's never a small part on the stage or a small part involved in any production of anything. It's all hands on deck. And everybody should have the experience of working through all these areas in the show. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it just widens your whole perspective and it makes you appreciate the work that goes into somebody. Like people just don't get onto the stage and do the things. There's yeah. so much work goes on in front of house, behind stage, on stage, and the preparation to get this thing to the pinnacle and get to the height that you want it to. I, I, I guess, I don't know if it was that experience, but going forward, um, I had aspirations over the course of a few years that I wanted to be an actor. Um, yeah. I remember my form teacher in St. Joseph's, uh, Fergal Rogers, he would have, 
joked, you know, as he saw me coming down the corridor, oh, here comes Liam Neeson. And, um, <laughs> but as it transpired, I, I'm frightfully shy. Less so now that I'm much older, but yeah. so it never really worked that I was comfortable to go on stage. I, I did join the Musical Society for one show. It was um, Scrooge. My uncle, oh, De Dennis, Dennis, Dennis uh, Walsh, took me along. Um, yeah. I remember being asked to sing by Charlie Smith um, to see if I would fit a certain role. And yeah. oh, it was very difficult for me. I did it. And I was so glad the experience was over because I didn't want to do that again. So I ended up getting one line that opened the show. And yeah. I think I featured again at one point. But the most enriching part of it was just being involved in it. Mm -hmm. watching rehearsals, sitting, having, yeah. or de developing friendships. And whilst I, again, was only on the stage for maybe, you know, a matter of minutes over the course of the entire show, I thoroughly enjoyed everything yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, and I would certainly recommend it. I can see why people do it. And There's it, such a buzz, isn't there? A buzz yeah. behind the stage and everybody's supporting everybody else. Everybody's got everybody's back. Like, really, you're just there and you're hoping everybody gets from the start to the finish and gets as much enjoyment out of it as you do. Yeah, I, I genuinely loved it. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm certainly proud to say that I was involved in it. You know, I the, the, the group of friends that I had at that time perhaps would have like give me a bit of stick because like, yeah, I was for the most part, a soccer player, football player, very athletic, but I just this keen interest that I, I wanted to do this. Uh, and I think I'm better for it. I really it was like around the time I was doing my GCSEs, and it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, great show. Yeah, I, yeah. Our I had such a, I think we're in it. Yeah, yeah. I had such a laugh. Um, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you could. There was a very clear excitement or built-in excitement the closer you got to to the show going. Yeah, yeah. Live as as, as such. Um, so at what point? In any show, did you, I guess, get a more substantial role that you kind of featured more than perhaps just a, a part of the cast? Yeah. Well, in, it was um, the first time the musical said he did um, Dolly. Okay. Uh, I went for audition for, as Minnie Faye. God, I can't even remember what year it was. But, um, but, um, but as far as the musical society was concerned, that was my first... Um, main role in that and thoroughly okay. enjoyed it and then from there then advanced on and then we actually did a production where this in that um dolly mark nolan was dolly and then the next time we did dolly i actually got the part of dolly and i loved it was it it was um nerve-wracking because mm. the stage opens and you're standing there with your back to the audience pretending to be reading the newspaper and the uh, the chorus starts singing, and then the next thing you turn round, and you always have the fear before you come on stage. What am I doing? And <laughs> what am I doing being here? But it's the nerves that get you. And then just once you start, it was just a matter. Of, it's just a matter of flowing through. But um, and that the, was your do, character, yeah. Do the nerves settle quite quickly? After once you get on stage. And once you mm -hmm. get into the character, they settle down. But you're still, it sort of goes with the flow. You aren't as nervous as mm -hmm. you were at the very beginning, but the adrenaline is running the whole way through up until the curtain closes. And I'm yeah. telling you, that if, 
if I was ever to go on stage and I didn't have nerves, I would think that's me finished. You have to have nerves going on stage, definitely. Yeah, I, I think people, I mean, we've heard that of, of a lot of people in, yeah. in, in, in many walks of life, it's, yeah. it's healthy to have those nerves. Oh, yeah, you need uh, them. One thing that struck me when I was in that production is I, I was the first person on stage and I walked across and I was looking for, you know, Scrooge's office or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but I had a quick glance to the left to, to where the audience would be. And I guess the lights were so bright that, in fact, I couldn't really see that many people, which kind of yeah. calmed, me, calmed me a little bit. Yeah. Um, I never look at the audience. And thank God, I suppose with sort of bad eyesight, I, I would never <laughs> focus on the audience because I hate to know if people say to me, oh, go and see you tonight. I say, oh, why did you tell me that? I don't like yeah. to know who's in the audience. But, um, but but suppose once you get on there and you're into your character, you sort of forget and just in a wee bubble. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask for you personally, and it's probably different for everyone, off the whole journey from when rehearsals first start right through to you perform live on stage. And it's probably a combination of many things. But for you, what's the most enjoyable part of the whole process or production? Like, Where do you really <laughs> feel, feel contentment? As you say, it's a whole mix mash of things. Mm-hmm. Love um, whenever you go out and write, you start off and you learn the music and then you're given the um, libretto so that you learn the words and it's mm-hmm. getting into the character and then actually setting a particular scene and making all your notes. This is where I'm to go, A, B, C, D, and then coming away and then each rehearsal you get more comfortable. You start automatically knowing the moves and this is the particular word that you're to go and do something and you get into the character more, you get reading the script more, you see, realize the meaning of the different sentences and the point that's trying to get across. And then you come to the next level where um, you start running the show from start to finish. And then you come where you put it on stage and yeah, just rehearsals with the scenery. And then mm-hmm. you get to the opening night whenever the audience are there. And no matter how well you rehearse something, you'll always come up a different notch once you have an audience in front of you because you're getting the feedback and you can feel, you're hoping that you're making them feel something. And then with their reaction, that gives you something to bump up a wee bit more. It's such a, you cannot pick out one single thing that you achieve it's it's a whole process yeah yeah so as it relates to performance i wanted to ask how you measure yourself against your own standards because i'm sure you have a certain level of expectation like this is how i want to perform how often do you live up to that and firstly do you allow yourself that pat on the back when you come off to say and actually I've thoroughly enjoyed that. I did really well. Or or certain other instances where you've come off like, oh, I just tonight just wasn't what I hoped it would be, but move on to the next one. Well, the the thing is you're only as good as your last performance, no matter what you've done. There's some nights you'll come off and you'll say, Gosh, didn't get that right. And other nights you'll but I don't allow myself to give a pat on the back until maybe it's over and you're sort of in reflection and saying yeah, that went well. It wasn't bad because if you get too high above your station, you'll get you. It's something will knock you down. 
every yeah. night is different because it's a different audience every night. And you, I think that's the thing with live theatre. You go in and you're hoping to reach a certain standard and to put things across. But one or two wee things will put you off and then you try and get over that hurdle. You cannot um, clap yourself in the back, I think, until the costumes are packed away and you sort of think, I that, that went all right, yeah. But um, there are other times, like if you're stuck on the stage and you forget your lines and you're trying to ad lib, the best man at doing that's Charlie Smith. And Charlie, yeah. <laughs> what's on the stage with Charlie? He's great. Um, but um, he'll help you along. But um, if he gets stuck, you're sort of looking, you're sort of saying, which one of us is busting out in this line? But you always get through it. And like really, as different ones said, the audience don't have the script. The audience don't know what you're meant to be saying. They don't know if you've gone wrong. Yeah. But Charlie's a great man. If he goes wrong, he'll let the audience know. He'll sort of give a wink or he'll sort of to let them know because they like whenever he goes wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. It yeah. adds something uh, extra to it. It does, yeah. Um, I had an experience in, the, in in that production of Scrooge. Yeah. Um, obviously, I featured with the opening line, but then later there was a scene where many of us, each of us was partnered up with a girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this scene, I don't know if it was a dinner dance scene or, or like a formal setting where we would lead into dance where you yeah. and the partner, you would lift her and twirl around and something. But yeah. prior to that scene, I was holding a glass of wine or what was to be a glass of wine. And then quite quickly, the glasses had to be put to the side of the stage, then back in position. And then you had to lift your girl and twirl around. But this was the first time I'd done this. I'd gone off to the side of the stage with the glass to sit it down, not knowing where I was to sit it. I didn't want to sit it on the ground because like somebody's going to stand in this. And all this was running through my mind. But as I turned back, so much time had passed that everyone had started dancing and that poor girl was <laughs> standing by herself, just twirling. <laughs> Oh, I was mortified. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she twirled away until I, I made I made my way back and lifted her. Um, <laughs> Can you remember who she was? I can't. I, I mean, if I saw her, I would remember her. Yeah, you're um, right. you recognize her. She yeah. was so nice. And again, I was new to this. And yeah, it's, it seemed to be that there was a culture that if you were partnered with something or someone that perhaps by the last show, you would gift each other something. Yeah. Yeah, I well, I didn't know this. So th- that young girl came to me in the stairwell at the town hall, um, maybe after the last show, and she she gifted me something, and I was yeah. like, I went white because I had nothing. Yeah. So, in an attempt to offer her something, my mom would give me a fiver in my pocket, <laughs> <laughs> and I tried to give her the fiver. <laughs> oh, and to this day, it still haunts me. Oh, that can be so embarrassing. Now that it used to be worse because what they used to do was they used to put two big hampers on, mm-hmm. and people's presents were put into the hamper. And then at the end of the night, you're taking up Damien, presents for Damien and that. Okay. And presents for, and it was so embarrassing. And then they sort of stopped that and then it was just done privately. And then other ones sort of stopped it. And maybe it just might have been the dressing room. Everybody went and got something for a five or names in a hat. And, just silly wee momentums from for the shows, but it can that be was, kind of embarrassing. Yeah, oh, it was lovely. I mean, she went to 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 the to the effort to get me it, and yeah. it was a football thing, a shaving kit, and she wrapped yeah. it. 
I'm, oh. I'm trying. I'm trying to offer a fiver. You know. Um, yeah. Oh no. But, yeah. Embarrassing. But that wasn't yeah, it their was. fault. It was everybody else's fault for not letting on about it. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's one of those memories. Um, mm -hmm. Because over the course of the whole experience, I had that experience. But equally, one of the nights, um, the extras, we had a freeze essentially so you i guess we we danced a little bit then we would have freeze in, in place as if as if stood in time um and i caught this big tall man i think his name was john big tall guy maybe six foot two three four and uh, ball fella and we caught each other's eyes nothing had happened but we started laughing yeah you know the, the show's still going on and mm -hmm. the more i looked at him the more he laughed back at me and I can only imagine everybody in the audience, and they probably weren't looking at us, but yeah. the two of us, the two of us were standing in the background, shaking with the yeah. laughter. Yeah. Um, uh, it was, but it was those things, as you said, these are the way things that you remember, and yeah. they're the things that make it fun. Like it's there's always different antics and different things going on at the stage that sort of people are oblivious to in the audience, mm -hmm. and there's though it is it's good crack. Great oh, crack. there's great chemistry and yeah. yeah. I would imagine, like, over the course of the years, lots of young people come and go, but there's been a staple of people that yeah. have stayed involved, like yourself, um, Dennis Watts, of course, like Damien yeah. Lavery, um, yeah. and other people. Obviously, Charlie Smith is the founding father in many ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if I can move on, I want to understand, when, when a run of a show is finished, is there, like, an anticlimactic kind of, like, void? Oh, Totally. Before, like, you're absolutely exhausted because you're running to rehearsals and then the dress rehearsal and the tech rehearsal and everything the night before you open and you're sitting there and you're getting notes afterwards and you're saying, oh, my goodness, we're exhausted. Let us go home. Let us get a rest. And then you come in for the dress or the run of the show. And then whenever it's all over, the following week, you're sitting and you're saying, oh, we used to go a night to rehearse on the Monday and Thursday night. What are we going to do? And then you sort of think to yourself, of course, maybe one or two nights in the house isn't bad. But after one week, you're saying, oh, for goodness sakes, let's get out. You have to mm -hmm. get out and do something. People like that, we aren't used to sitting in the house in the evenings. You yeah. know, you're, you're far better running in, getting like whenever the children and everything were younger and even growing up ourselves, like, you come in, you went out to school, you come in, got the homework done, then raced out to rehearsals. And then it was the same, working, listening, out to rehearsals. And then even whenever we had all the children, I couldn't do the shows because the children were coming fast and furious. And so then um, I just would have done the concerts. But okay. because there was less commitment to a certain extent with the concert. And so I thoroughly enjoyed doing that. But... The, the children grew up knowing, right, Daddy was away to football these nights. Mommy's away to rehearsals these nights. And then whenever mm -hmm. they got involved, sure, well, we're all out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was going to ask then about perhaps having moved away from the musical society and, and taken on something not more substantial, but certainly different in, in, a, in a play, you know, not, not musically based, but a, a play. Mm -hmm. What was your fir first experience in a play and the first play I got involved with in New Point was Liam Liar and my brother Justin was in it and John Lynch was the character Liam Liar and Anne Kinney was in it and um Katrina 
can't think of her, Murphy, I think she was, and Derry Murphy, and um, Big uh, Heaney, um, Daddy Heaney, Undertaker Heaney, Daddy. Daddy. Oh, I know, yeah, yeah. Patsy, Patsy, Patsy Heaney. But that was great. Oh, my God. We used to rehearse. It was where the library was, the old library. We rehearsed up the stairs there. And that was a brilliant play. But that was my first new point play. Sean Hollywood contacted and said, um, I think of a part for you here. And I was playing the part of Ursula, the girl who had all the oranges. And so that was my first new point play. But since then, oh, my goodness, I love, love a play. Like we've done um, Sean Trainer, We did Metamorphosis. Um, Donal O'Hanlon, we did Juno and the Peacock and loved that. That was a great play. And um, at the moment, we're doing The Cripple of Inish Man and we're on the town hall this Thursday, the 12th. We thought we were in Armagh last week, got great audience. But um, it's the variety in a play. Um, you don't have the distraction of the music. Mm -hmm. The, um, the storytelling's more seriously. Sort of, I suppose, in the musicals, it's sort of, um, I'd be more inclined to do the comedy roles. Um, and and even in pantomime, it was um, in Say Something and then there's a song. Whereas okay. in the plays, there's more depth and everything with it. No, I love a play. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to choose between, you know, mm. musical... It, 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 I mean, it, it, they're very different, of course, and they offer different yeah. things yeah. to you and, and the audience. But yeah. where's, your, where's your real love? Is it in plays? Well, I think maybe the older I've become, mm -hmm. it's getting more into plays. Because um, the I, I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't really be a singer. Like, and I've been involved in choirs and Mary McManus' vocal score. The, that was a wee chamber choir that we had, and I love singing. But um, I... The singing wouldn't be my strong part. It would be a, a would a love a play. Yeah, enjoy mm -hmm. the play. Mm -hmm. Where whenever the musical society and stuff like that, you combine the two. Yeah. So, yeah. And do you find? And I would imagine you would um, play as more challenging. As um, well, you see, in the musicals, you, you're challenged with the dancing and the singing yes. and the acting. And, yeah. Um, it's a different sort of, a play is totally different. I, I know some people say musicals are musical plays, but they are. But to be in a play like um, um, Beauty Queen, of Renan, like the, the McDonough plays, um, it's, you have the comedy, but the dark side of it. Mm -hmm. um, the, I, I think the two of them are different. Yeah, yeah they're very different. Yeah. Um, when you talk about the, the musicals, just one last memory for, from my experience. Um, I think we've been in the art center or the town hall rehearsing and there was a choreographer brought in and yeah. there was a group maybe of seven, eight men, myself, yeah. one of them, and she was the choreographer, choreographer dance for us. Yeah. But at one point, or I got to a point where she just had to give up and <laughs> the, the, each of us, you know, yeah. no coordination, two left feet. So it was decided that they were just going to remove the dance from the show and we would just stand still effectively. You would so. dress the stage. You would dress the stage while we were moving on the yeah. stage. Yeah, yeah. We, were, we, were, we were in decoration more than anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, 
if I could talk about a player that you've seen that that had um, a lasting impact or moved you in some way, not that you've been involved in, but one that you've gone to see that, yeah. that oh my God, that's incredible. It's actually a play we went to see in the in Armagh Theatre. And as soon as you say a play that moved us, um, Mara's story, fantastic one-woman play about this woman's struggles with um, homelessness and alcohol and abuse. And, oh, my goodness, if you have the opportunity of seeing that play, go see it. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a couple of years ago I went to see yeah. it. And um, but oh, such a piece of theatre, fantastic, Mara story. Yeah. yeah, I've I've always had an interest. Um, it was actually Mel McMahon, um, the English teacher or, yeah. and poet. Yeah. Uh, he 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 took us as part of a class trip um, to the Abbey Theatre in Dublin. I think we were doing A level, um, and we went to see Brian Friel's Lost in Trans or not Lost in Translation, that's the movie, but Translations yeah. yes. by Brian Friel. Um, and I, I was just blown away. Um, I mean, part of the story is that these people are mm -hmm. speak speaking Irish, yeah, um, and that the English that have come to survey the townlands are speaking English. I mean, they're all speaking English on stage, but yes. the, I guess the trick is but that you have to fit. believe. Yeah, and I just thought that in the writing in itself was remarkable, and I loved it. Quite quickly after that, he took us to the Lyric Theatre to see Samuel Beckett's Waiting for Godot. Oh, yeah. Um, and I can't pretend even now to understand much of what went yeah. on, but it was just incredibly profound. Um, yeah. And it was those players in particular that I suppose kind of garnered my interest and mm -hmm. has done ever since. Um, Mary Jones is another one. She's a, a, a yeah. playwright. Yeah. I was lucky enough, me and my brother went to see... Um, a night in November in the art center was Patrick oh, Keelty, yeah. one man play. Um, and it was incredibly funny. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think I've seen, I think I've seen one of Martin McDonough's plays. I can't, I was trying to think of it today um, because as much as I would love to go and see the play yeah. that you're in now, I'm not going to get the opportunity because yeah. I'm here. So I, I kind of cheated, went and read a synopsis of, of the, of the plot, um, which is, a remarkable web of intrigue and lies and, and yeah. um, different things. Um, yeah. So if I want to talk about Juno and the Peacock, because mm. as much as I've probably seen you in different things, that was the one in particular that has, has left the last memory for me. Um, okay. I thought you were, you were, you were brilliant in it. Um, and I've seen a couple of O'Casey's plays. I've seen that one in particular, and I've seen some in, in Dublin. Um, talk to me about that play in particular, because I don't know. I, I just, I, th I think it showed you wonderfully and, and the, the breadth and diversity and your ability to do many, many things. Thank um, you. But it was like Joan Lohanlon produced that. And Joan was marvellous, like really. Um, what, what you get with Joan, and I think maybe it comes from the Sean Hollywood sort of thing. Like Sean, and they sort of pick you far apart mm -hmm. and they'll give you a direction to go. They let you give so much of yourself, but their input, they will get you down into the character even more. You know, they'll, they'll get as much out of you as possible. And it was such a an emotional play 
mm-hmm. at the particular time. It's a fantastic piece of writing. And um, like the characters and like Mark Hughes was in the Mark's producing actually the Cripple of English Man. Okay. But um, just the, oh, it's such an emotional piece. And to think of the tenements and what those people went through at the time. Um, and just the writing in it is fantastic. And poor Mary McStay, God rest her, she was the, the mother of the first boy who was taken away. And she comes down the stairs and she says that piece about from the the was from the cradle to the grave, you're meant to you aren't meant to put them into the grave. You take them mm-hmm. from the cradle, but and she says that piece and then Juno repeats that later on whenever her son's taken away. It's such a fantastic piece of theatre. I remember in particular, um, because I know your story. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, there was a scene, I, I presume it's towards the end, when uh, Juno's son is is taken yeah. away and killed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think he had lost an arm during the 1916 yeah. Rising, mm-hmm. but then later is, uh, is taken away and killed. Uh, and my memory might serve me well here, or, or perhaps it, it won't, but I remember what you delivered in when you find out that 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 your Juno's son had been killed. Yeah, you delivered... Yeah. A very profoundly moving, emotive um, react, reaction. I, I don't know how to describe it, but knowing your story, I, I wanted to understand for you what was that experience like on oh, stage? Took loads out of me. Yeah. I'm now thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was a very emotional piece. Yeah. I was, and it's to your credit, I. I, I thought, my God, the strength that Ethna has to to deliver so brilliantly, and it would have taken incredible strength. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I was blown but, away, yeah. to be honest. But the thing is, like that, you can take so much of your own life into theatre, like mm-hmm. that, and in a sense, it's nearly like a healing process. You know, you're going through things yes yeah. you can you can take something from yourself so it's coming from the heart you know yeah. it's um yeah i think things like that can help you in there and maybe that's why i love plays well um, you, when, when when you took that role on and and understood yeah. the, the the journey that gina would go through were you at all hesitant or were you was it something that you wanted to undertake from the beginning? Oh, uh, just love that role. Just, and I was privileged and delighted that Donald had asked me to do it. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was, was a, a it just the whole writing, the whole, whenever you get a character like that and you can get into the soul and the heart of her, it's just, it's something special. Like it's something that, yeah. Love and for, uh, for you as an actress, what, what I mean, what, what's your process? I mean, how much outside of the standard rehearsal to, to, to do you look to invest, like in, in a part like that, for mm-hmm. example? Well, you get the script and you do a couple of line runs as a group and you get to know 
but somebody somebody else is going to interpret their character and that will help you interpret your character and mm. the more you read it and then I just keep on reading over it and trying to see in underneath the, the lines that the, the the writer has given you and mm. to see what they meant by it you, there's so much like it's not just reading lines and it's not you have to try and get into the mind what did the writer try and portray, portray there, whether it's Mark McDonough or Brian Friel or whoever it is, what are they trying to get across? And it's all to do with your intonations and your phrasing and your pausing. And But to do that, you have to really look into the lines and get to know the character and how they react to the other characters in the scene that you're in. Yeah. It's all it's all a learning process. Every play is yeah. different. Yeah. Um, I've just, I've, this is just a, a trinket of knowledge. Um, Donal O'Hanlon, uh, he was, I think, I don't know how long for, but when I was at St. Joseph's, he was a teacher there. Yeah. Um, I never had him personally as a teacher, but on one given day, I, I, I guess one of our teachers was off sick and, and Mr. O'Hanlon um, took us, he was our sub-teacher just to cover us. Um, so I guess in an effort uh, to keep us distracted and quiet for the course of the class, um, he first asked us, do we think that you can draw a curve with straight lines? And we were all kind of dumbfounded. So he went ahead and, and, and demonstrated how you can draw a curve with straight lines. So the rest of us spent the rest of the class that day um, doing it. It's remarkable. So that's that's always stuck with me about Don Lohan. Uh, are you going to let huh? us know how you do it? Will you let us know how you do it? I'll, I'll leave that with you. Uh, maybe yeah, uh, when you when you see Donald, um, I'll that, ask him tomorrow night. Yeah. That, that's a party <laughs> trick of his to keep uh, school kids quiet. Yeah, um, yeah. So if I could ask then, if everything that you've been involved in, from you know pantomime to you know musicals to 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 theatre and plays, what's a performance? And perhaps it's not just one, but what's a performance you're most proud of? Um, well, definitely Juno, as far as the plays are concerned, and um, The Mother and Beauty Queen, Beauty Queen of Lanham. That was another fabulous, great play. Sean Trailer produced that one. And um, I presume, yeah, with the plays, that was the, the plays, and with the musicals, um, I thoroughly enjoyed the role of Dolly because it was such a big challenge. And another challenge was Golda in... Um, for Fiddler on the Roof, that was another lovely role um, mm -hmm. because it was the mother and it was a sort of a serious, serious character with a little bit of comedy with it just whenever she was with Tevye. And of course, loved doing Miss Hannigan out of Annie. Yeah. Oh, you played that part? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A couple of times, several times with the boss go and that, yeah. yeah. She's a character and a half, yeah. Yeah, um... My kids, my eldest daughter in particular, I suppose the, it's not the same because you, you find that they take older movies and try and reinvent them. So I think yeah. the more recent one that Cameron Diaz played Miss Hannigan, um, but right. nothing com compared to the original. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about the richness of theatre and drama and musical mm -hmm. society in Uri in particular. And perhaps it's to be said of other towns, but... It's, I guess it's self-evident how important it's been, how central it's been to our town and city. Yeah. And 
that's to be seen with obviously the success of all the shows, but the the, the breadth of talent that we've had to yeah. go to go on and do big and wonderful things. Um, but is it at risk in some way? Well, as far as the, all the groups are concerned, like, okay, you're going from um, the pantomime to the musical society to the drama festival and you've New Point and you've Bosco mm -hmm. and you've got the, all the schools, the four schools, big, um, big productions there too and great drama nurtured on from the schools. You've got, um, to say the Bosco did, and you've got, um, then there's a, a new group out, um, Yuri Youth Performers, or Yuri, I'm not sure what you call them, but then you also have um, the choreography is for Anne-Marie Morgan Dance School, and then there, mm -hmm. there's academy dance, there's dance in the town, there is um, drama with Rosalind Sheridan School and um, Mary Claire O'Connor. And all these drama ones coming through. You've got music, Fiona Flynn. Um, like just there's that much nurturing of talent on in this town. Like mm -hmm. it would be an awful shame to see it going by by. But we're in the situation at the moment that um the town hall is possibly staying open to April, and then they're closing the town hall and the art centre for renovation and for advancement. Could they not sort of do the art centre, leave the town hall open, and whenever they want to do this bridge or whatever they're talking about, then close the town hall? But where, there's nowhere for anybody to go. Yeah. It, it's an awful shame to think that um, the arts are being ignored as far as the council and a place for the arts to be nurtured and to be shown. Like, okay, there's Armagh Marketplace, and mm -hmm. it's a fabulous venue but nearly people have to travel to it and ideally if they had a venue like that of the same caliber like there's the oh just even whenever you think the parochial hall which is taken overnight by the bank like you mm -hmm. can drive uh you could drive a lorry in there open the door oh and load unload everything in the town hall everything has to be hoisted up it's just um I, I don't fear for the loss of the arts in Yuri. I fear that um, the arts are not being accommodated properly mm -hmm. in Yuri. You know, by it's whatever, whoever's doing the planning, they haven't planned it very well. They should no, have I mean, somewhere for us to go while they close down other places. Yeah, I've always said that. And when you look at a venue, and obviously Belfast is a considerably bigger place than yep. Yuri, but like if you look at the facility, the lyric, it's incredible. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I've often wondered, maybe Nuri's not big enough to sustain a facility like that where you have year-round plays. But, but I think Damien, I think the thing is, Nuri do not have to pay. They like Nuri goes from pantomime to hmm. um drama festival to fish to musical society to and then the Bosco and the different um, dance schools and different things showcasing throughout. Nuri do not have the, they, I'm sure every council is given a budget mm -hmm. to bring the arts into the town. They don't have to bring the arts into the town because the arts are already there. Yeah. It's 
so frustrating. And my I think a big venue, it, it would be used. Absolutely, yeah. No, frustrating. I, yeah, I used to be frustrated because as 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 much as I can appreciate the musical society and and different things, when you're looking, um, not a bigger production, but some of those bigger plays that have maybe full time actors. You yeah, know, bigger bigger names. When you're looking, for, okay, maybe occasionally once a year or twice a year, you might get something kind of blow through Newry where it's a one night thing. Whereas you realistically have to go to Dublin or Belfast to get a sustained run of mm -hmm. that standard. Um, so it was always annoying. I mean, not that they're too far yeah. away, but I think Newry's big enough, and certainly we have the talent. Yeah, uh, there to have a, a state of the art facility um, where that. Mm -hmm. That talent can be nurtured and, and showcased. Yeah. Um, but again, how are council appropriate money? And I mean, look look at the fight just to to to, to get a park for the city. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. terrible, shocking, ridiculous. Yeah. And that art centre sitting there, and my goodness, the fun we had in the art centre. Did you see whenever the art centre opened all those years ago? New point. We actually did lunchtime theatre. I was working. Yet I finished early, took him up, and um, we would have done a play at lunchtime. There was one particular one, and Don O'Hanlon and Sean Trainer and Tony Keeley, now the girls in, but it was Minnie Mouse and Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. But it was mm -hmm. lunchtime theatre. We put it on. There was eating facilities there in the art centre. People could have had a sandwich or a bowl of soup or something. And it, it just brought, to be able to do something like that, was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, everything just went by the by. Bad management or council. I don't know what happened. But yeah, yeah. it's a shame. Um, mm -hmm. But like you said, regardless of whether we have the the facilities or not, there still is mm -hmm. a wealth of of, of yeah. opportunities for people to 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 get involved. Um, of I wanted to ask because obviously you've been involved. Um, in one shape or form for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Is there anyone in particular, and you probably might not be able to answer this, but is there anyone in particular talent-wise that that just kind of, I, I guess, struck uh, struck you as like, oh my God, like, wonderful. Like, I mean, I guess Charlie Murphy, or not Charlie Murphy, Charlie Smith yeah. is yeah. Large, larger than life, but is there any other talent you've seen pass through that just you thought like natural ability talent like just remarkable oh, absolutely so many like really unbelievable like from no age like margaret nolan was such a so such a natural in the stage fantastic mm -hmm. and then you have the the talent of ones who have come through who are now professionals like sean kearns kearns caelan burn and um, um john lynch susan lynch yes, sir. Yeah. Like all these, um, um, there's we, um, we Philip Pierce, the, like the unbelievable talent in the town, unbelievable yeah. coming through natural talent. That, um, and even now, do you see the young ones on that stage to see any Bosco or youth productions, musical society youth productions? You think. Whenever we were going through at that age, 16, 17 years of age, 
just went on the stage. You didn't have any background of dance and that. Yeah. Mike, you wouldn't see the likes of it in the West End. Yeah. Unbelievable. I remember seeing um, a New Point Players production. It was um, To Kill a Mockingbird, I think. <gasps> Brilliant show, yeah. Yeah, and I think that would be uh, a summer youth, yeah. youth show, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I was just absolutely blown away by the the two. Yeah. I guess I don't know if it was two leads, but there was a, a young fella. I don't know his first name, but I think my brother told me his, his surname was Elmore. Oh um, yes, yeah. He there played, yeah. He played Atticus Finch or whatever the, yeah. the lead character is, and then there was a young girl that played one of the children, but yeah. I I was just blown away for people at, at such a relatively young age. To mm -hmm. be able to to carry that and do it in such a wonderful way, I was just in amazement. But that's another thing with New Point Youth, like those kids and the likes of Donald and Mark and different ones, they give up their summer, and those young ones are occupied Monday mm -hmm. to Friday for four or five hours every day. They do not have to pay a penny for it. That is drama, and then. A show was put on this year. They did. It was Anthony Fitzpatrick produced it for them, and it was the um the, uh, orphans. It was called, but okay. it was taken sort of from you know Hugh McShane, Hugh McShane, oh, the, the historian, the historian, yeah. and this was snippets taken from his book. And Sean Trainer did the um dialogue for a play for it. Absolutely marvelous, the talent, fantastic, and that's yeah. every single summer with Newpoint. Yeah. yeah. Let's hope that continues. That's. Oh, the, well, I think yeah. I think young people in particular need that outlet. You yeah. know, whether whether it be the arts or, or sport, I think it's important to provide those opportunities for them. Yeah. Particularly yeah. particularly at a time when mental health and young people is mm -hmm. a problem, you you want to give them opportunities and particularly with the arts, it allows them to be creative uh, and yeah. I guess it builds confidence in them. And it forges great friendships. And the yeah. thing is, they all look out for each other. Mm -hmm. And as far as their studies and everything are concerned, like nothing, nothing is forfeited because of it. Because mm -hmm. they do well, you know, because there's such support for each other. It's marvelous. Mm -hmm. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it. I think it's to be seen in the in colleges, universities as well, where the humanities are under risk. Less and less is there a focus on them. But I think. Like the arts and the humanities, that's what gives you, I don't know, soul, you know? Yeah. That's what, yeah. yeah. Whereas the more practical things that you study, yes, career wise, it's important, but I think the arts and the humanities offer something completely different that it would be a complete shame if they were to suffer. Um, yeah, the, it forges friendships, it forges personalities, it gives the confidence, it mm -hmm. gives them knowledge, like, like, the whole history of the arts and um, plays, readings, just the, the language. You know, it's, it's such a wide spectrum. Yeah. It's unbelievable what you gain from it. And if I could talk then about the play that you're, you're about to, mm -hmm. obviously you've performed it in Armagh, and I, yeah. I'd seen something from Don O'Hanlon on Facebook um, yeah. about the, rece the reception oh, that you've received great. for that performance. Um, I read the synopsis today because... I won't get the opportunity to see it. And if I were home, I would, I would see it. Um, and I was just blown away. The story is, is uh, remarkable. Isn't it? Um, yeah. What part do you play in it? I play the 90 year old alcoholic mother of Johnny Platine, Mike. 
Okay. Donald is Johnny Patin, Mike. So, um, yeah, I was alcoholic mother. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in yeah. in brief, without giving much away, what what's the the kind of overarching narrative? What is the story? Um, there's Cripple Billy is being reared by his two aunties who own mm-hmm. a sweet shop. Johnny Patin, Mike is the um, newsman. He's the one that hears all the gossip, loves to spread gossip. Um, mm-hmm. Then they're, they're, a film crew are coming to Inishmore to make a film. And there are the two McCormicks who are um, two young ones. She, Helen, she pegs eggs at everybody. And her younger brother Bartley is only looking for sweets. But they want to get to Inishmore. So they ask Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. Bobby, 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 <laughs> to go and her. Hmm. And um, Billy, Cripple Billy, gets wind of this. And he asked him, he go in the car to go in the film in two. And he's been declined that offer. But the next thing, he produces a letter from the Dr. McSherry um, that says that he only has a few months to live because he's suffering from TB. So hmm. Bobby, Bobby feels sorry for him because his wife died of the same thing. And he takes him on the boat and then comes back to say, Billy isn't back. He's gone to Hollywood to work in the film. Um, the the alcoholic mother, I'm only looking for drink. So like <laughs> my, my, my wee parts are I'm in two small scenes of it. But the film comes out and the two aunties are demented that um, Billy has gone off to America. The film comes out, Billy isn't in it. The um, Billy comes back and it transpires that he didn't have TB at all. It was only a ploy to get on it. So then Bobby Bobby beats Billy up. And um, then Helen, she falls in with Billy or agrees to go out with Billy. Um, Billy, well, there's a whole backstory about Johnny yeah, yeah. Billy and that. But it ends up poor Billy dies of TB at the end. So yeah. uh, very muddled up and a big chunk mm. left out. <laughs> yeah. you, you've played many, many different things and many different roles. Um, is, is there a character type that you would be instinctively drawn toward, like that you enjoy playing more than other or, or that displays certain character traits? Well, I remember in, in Honk with the Bosco, that is the musical version of the Ugly Duckling. Mm-hmm. And I was the mother duck. And um, she was a lovely, caring character. I enjoyed playing her, but enjoy the comedy roles and enjoy the serious roles as well. It's just whatever character I'm given, I love the challenge of what they're going to give me. Yeah. It's, I, I enjoy the comedy roles. But at the same time, enjoy the serious roles. <laughs> I suppose that it, it's it's quite naturally there's a balance there. You want to continue to keep yourself interested, and yeah. if you were to, I guess, typecast yourself, it it might be, go stale. Um, yeah. And this is just a curiosity, but if if there were a role out there that you haven't played yet, or a play that, you, or a story, or whatever it may be, is there something that if you could play, you would you would love the opportunity to oh. do? I would love to play um, the mother in Gypsy. Okay. You know, Beth Middle is our Imelda Staunton's role. 
the mother okay. in Oh, I think she's she's plenty of ins and outs of her. Yeah. But the, yeah. that would be a show that I don't, I don't foresee us ever doing. But that would be a good challenging role. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I respect you because you're not one to shy away from a challenge. No, uh, no. yeah. But again, it's only when you, you pursue those that you see what you're actually capable of. Yeah, um, that's true. Yeah. The, so, the certain ones might frighten you and think, oh, Lord, bless us. But, but once you get into it, as you say, it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, with respect to the the cripple of Finnish man, when when does it uh, run in Yuri? Um, this Thursday, Thursday the twelfth of October, half past seven, Yuri Town Hall. And how long does it run for? Is it just one night or just one night? Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. It all this and, worked for two performances, but that was it. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe you you, you understand why. Um, but what would limit a show like that only to, to two nights? What's what's just getting what, the what? venue, getting the okay. venue, getting the available venue for it. And um, we had there there had been um, we'd gone for the rights for it, and but then there was a mix. We were meant to be doing this in June, and then there was a mix up with dates and different venues and that. So then that's why it was postponed until now, and then it was just the two venues were available. So if there's the possibility yeah. of, um, and then you get into the situation of the the availability of the cast, because I know yeah, Larry's involved in something else in Newcastle and different ones are involved in different things. The availability might not be there as far as the cast is concerned if we get another venue, because there are no no dates pending at the moment. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's such a shame because yeah. given what I've read online and the reception you received in Armagh, and obviously it will be much the same in Newry, you would no doubt get easily you know, a run of it in Newry and, and sell out. Um, oh, good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I guess you have to be thankful oh, that yeah. it is com yeah, coming to Newry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So going forward, what like how far into the future like have you got... Um, stuff planned or well, what's next for you society, musical society are doing sister act in march okay and so the registration for that opens on is it monday the 20 um if it's monday the 25th no no that's the wednesday monday the 23rd registration opens for that would be on facebook and then um the auditions will be on the wednesday night it's great fun something maybe for the older older members of the company um, because it's um, the nuns, more mature, but yeah. that should be a good show. There's good interest in that at the moment. So that's, we should be opening on the 5th of March with that. So we're okay. starting soon enough. That's the only thing on the, on the horizon mm. at the moment. I wanted to ask, um, I've obviously been out of Newry for over a year now, but I'd seen, um, that Donald O'Hanlon, Sean Trainer, and was oh, it yeah. Trasa, Trasa Trasa Davy? Yeah, yeah. They was it Samuel Beckett's like Craps Last Tape or something? Was it no? Or what was no, the play but, they did? Oh no, oh no, that was Happy Days. Oh, Happy, Happy Days, Days, that's Samuel it. Okay. Beckett, yeah, they did yeah. that, and the, that was for the drama festival, and they did really, really well. They got through to the finals and that, and Trasa got a special award. She was uh, amazing in it, like just yeah. or she is buried in sand. And then Don, there's only the two characters in it, yeah. Trust it brilliantly in that. So did Don, of course, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I'd, 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 I don't know where I'd seen it, but I'd seen that it was received to wonder, yeah. wonderful reviews. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and it's great to see like people from Newry getting getting the recognition for yeah. um, for it. It's great so, to see Tracy back onto the stage again. It's good, yeah. I wasn't aware that she she acted. To be honest, um, yeah. I'd not. I suppose I'd known Tracy. Um, her father was a teacher in the, in the Abbey Primary, yeah. and I remember sitting A levels, and she would have. Um, supervised the tests being done, um, and uh, I've never seen her since, more or less. But I wasn't aware that she acted, and then to see that she done a, yeah. an amazing job. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, which is wonderful. So for you going forward, like, uh, uh, I mean, if we all measure ourselves against Charlie Smith, we'll all probably come <laughs> up very short. Um, right, uh, I, I think he just celebrated his was it his ninetieth birthday? 90th, yeah, he was ninety there in March. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, to be honest, it's not that long ago that I'd seen a show in the town hall and he still played a part. Um, uh, yes, he would, because we did, was it Widow's Paradise, whichever one was, we did it last year. Mm -hmm. And Charlie, of course, was on the stage and mm -hmm. all he has to do is come on and the audience just are in an uproar. Yeah, and yeah. then at one of the particular, I was on the stage with him and he came over and he was saying, what's my next line? Told him and said, Hold on. So he walked down the stage and went to Magella, who was prompt. She says, This is my next line. Is that right? Sure. He just plays to the audience. Yeah. Man. How, how long would you like? Yeah. Um, how long would you like to, to continue to, to be involved and perform? As long as I possibly can. Yeah. It keeps and, you going. And, oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And if, if you weren't to be on stage, do you still see yourself involved? Because, I, I mean, I can speak to my experience. Like, there wasn't people involved in it that always performed. There was just support staff. And like, and they continue year after year to be involved. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, the thing is, as far as, now, as, far as the musical society is concerned, I've done props, PRO, makeup, um, social secretary, chairperson. It's just... You, you can get involved. You don't always have to be on stage. Mm -hmm. And there are some shows that um, just the younger ones took over. So then you'd be working with the props or um, makeup or something like that. Like there's that much to do. Some people want to be involved, but they don't want to be out. out yeah. on the so and none of it works without that backup. You need every mm -hmm. single person. You need the person to sell the tickets. You need the person to write the the, the write-ups for it. Everything, yeah. No, it's what, always be involved. What would you tell a young person that maybe is looking to get involved in, in the arts and, and theatre or musical, whatever it might be? Yeah. Um, what ultimately, what's the value to begin? If you know what what would it do for them to get involved? Like it, as I said earlier, it widens your whole friendship circle you make friends for life mm -hmm. the, um, it's just it opens up so many doors for you and um, it gives you a confidence that um, you can talk to other people and um, you get knowledge that yeah the background into music and plays and everything that just you don't automatically get it's just it's just a marvelous marvelous pastime great i love it just as a as a as, as a spectator, um, and it's something me and my brother have, have done for as long as I can remember. The, f the first whiff of a show coming to Newry, 
we'll text each other or, you know, you'll go through the reporter at the time and you would have found yeah. that this show was coming for one night only. And then, of course, we, we're willing to travel to Dublin to the Abbey Theatre. I've seen, yeah. I can't remember what the play was, but it was Oscar Wilde. Um, yeah. You know, we, we've gone to the Lyric to see Observe the Sons of Ulster watching, or Marching Towards the Somme and, and many, many more. I've seen Adrian Dunbar play uh, Brenton Behan. Uh, oh, it was yeah. it was called Brendan at the Chelsea. It looked at us. I suppose the time near to his death, he had spent time living in a hotel in Chelsea, in New York. Yeah. And it was actually it was actually written by a relative of his. It might have been a niece or something. Um, and it, uh, to be honest, not everyone um, enjoys the theatre or plays, but I, I think it's their loss, to be honest. So, but you see, the thing is, it's people like you that help us to continue to do what we're doing because we can't do it if the audience aren't coming. The, mm -hmm. everybody has a different interest like your interest is to go and see see the place which yeah. is fantastic and we wouldn't be able to do it if we didn't have the likes of you and the likes of our patrons and sponsors who give who support us and do mm -hmm. yeah that just yeah. keeps us going too yeah i think we're very lucky um in that we come from yuri because yeah there is we have a rich history in in, in theatre drama music yeah. um and it's wonderful to see and i think long may it continue um i hope we do at some point get a state-of-the-art facility that we can showcase our talent yeah that, that would be uh well deserved i think oh it definitely would it's much needed very much needed yeah yeah i'm just it, it finally came to me why i wanted to be an actor my mother's first cousin uh was jared rooney uh, oh. And I, th I think he might have been involved locally at, uh, at an early age, but he went on and I think had parts and casualty and stuff just as an extra. Yeah. Um, and I remember being in school in St. Joseph's and telling the teacher, because Jared Rooney had been to St. Joseph's himself. Yeah. Uh, and my English teacher at the time was Jerry McLaughlin. I remember telling him, I'm going to be an actor like my cousin Jared. And I'd, yeah. at that point, I'd actually, I don't think I'd even met Jared Rooney before, but yeah. I wanted yeah. I wanted to be an actor yeah. like him. So, yeah. yeah. Well, there's um, young Karina Cunningham, which, um, can't think what her name is Makahi, Karina Makahi. She teaches up in St. Mary's. Like Karina, mm -hmm. she was in casualty and everything. She's fabulous. And she helps um Jim McGuigan produce the boss go shows. Mm -hmm. She's marvelous. She went professional for a while, but now she's married here with children. Um, yeah. yeah. But like whenever you know of all the ones that have gone on to act from Yuri, unbelievable. And not only act, but like there's the um the lighting. Down in RTE, John. Oh God, my head's gone. Um, uh, me, Gallagher, John Gallagher. Okay. And that, just unbelievable that how the talents are nurtured in your. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely, and it's something that we should be very proud of. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, I I won't get to see you perform in yeah. in what is. The, the Cripple of Inish Man, but um, I will be on Facebook to see uh, how it was received. Um, You're brilliant, Damien. Thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Thanks a million. You made it very easy. Thanks, <laughs> You're welcome. Thanks, Ethna. Okay, thank you.